I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is director, producer, and writer Varda Barkar, and we're going to talk about her latest film, Fandango at the Wall. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Where are you connecting from? I am in Santa Monica, California. So let's jump into your film. How did you come up with the concept? Um, well, basically, it, it's what happened is that, you know, I finished my film Big Voice, as you know. Yes. And I'd sort of taken it through to, you know, this vision I wanted at least a million people to see it. So that had been realized. And uh, so then I was thinking, well, what do I want to do next? And I had also, you know, started to direct for TV a little bit. So that's, you know, something that I've been doing. But I also, you know, really felt, you know, I feel moved to make documentaries to speak into, you know, the way the world is. And I also kind of really love making documentaries, I realized. So I, I, I got, you know, somewhat disheartened about the way that, you know, immigrants were being treated and talked about and in particular our neighbors to the south in Mexico and South yeah. America and so I was really caught up with that and I was thinking maybe I can do something about that with music because I, I really enjoy working in those two mediums together yes and then I read a Facebook post if you can believe it in Film Fatale I'm part of a group called Film Fatale which is women directing a women directors group great and it said, someone is a friend of mine, it was from another filmmaker. Um, and she said, a friend of mine is, is looking for someone to film a, festi a, a border festival, you know, between the United States and Mexico. And I mm -hmm. immediately, it was just like with Big Voice. I just got this really big hit. Like, this is it. This is it. And so um, through a series of phone calls, I was eventually connected with, uh, Kabir Siegel, who is the executive producer and producer of Fandango at the Wall. And he told me about this festival, Fandango Fronteriso. And he and I started speaking. And as we were speaking, we really have this mind meld. We, we, we have a lot of, something about us is similar. We're very, very different, but there's some, this connection we have. And as we were speaking, this whole film kind of unfolded. Amazing. And that's how it happens. And then, you know, we thought of the title and, I played with the different titles and I thought Fandango at the Wall is fun because it's taking this thing, which is like the wall, the barrier that it has all these negative connotations. Yes. And I was making something really fun and joyful, which is a Fandango, you know? Yes. Uh, so tell me what it was like making the film. Um, sorry, I don't know if you can hear this. Uh, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> it was really joyous beautiful, you know, super hyper challenging experience. Uh, we filmed, you know, at the border between the United States and Mexico, and we filmed the festival, uh, which happens on both sides, um, between Tijuana and San Diego. Uh, that had its own unique set of challenges. We had like five different camera crews going simultaneously. The way the film works is we actually follow Arturo Farrell, who's the um, founder conductor of the Afroland Jazz Orchestra. Wow. based in New York City. Okay. And he had read an article, actually, about Fandango Fronteriso. And a lot of what he does is kind of create bridges through music with different cultures. His mother was Mexican. She mm -hmm. had recently died. And when he read about it, he thought, I've got to go there. And Kabir and Arturo have done several albums together. That's fantastic. And so they had joined up to do this project. And so what we did is we followed Arturo to Veracruz, Mexico, 
which is where the masters of San Horacho live. And the festival, Fandango Fronteriza, which is at the heart of the film, is a San Horacho festival. San Horacho is a 300-year-old, very mystical Mexican uh, folk music tradition that combines indigenous, African, and Spanish traditions. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And it's rooted in Veracruz, Mexico, which is all the way on the other side of Mexico. Mm. Um, way, way, way south. So we went there and we, you know, some of them live in the most remote areas you can imagine. I mean, we literally had to drive for like six or seven hours on dirt roads and arrived at these like family compounds where they live on a river or they live in this mm. kind of like, almost it feels like an ancient village. It sounds it's like gorgeous. it. Gorgeous. So it's a really, it's an opportunity for our, our viewers, you know, to kind of go on this adventure with us. It's very, a very immersive experience, somewhat like Big Voice in that yeah. way. Did you know much about this topic before you jumped in or was it, you were just learning and experiencing the whole thing? I, and I still am. Yeah, no, it was very much like, you know, I'm all about like Arturo, Kabir, you know, and I were all learning together. We had a guide, <clears throat> his name is Jorge Francisco Castillo. He is the founder of Fandango Fronteriso and he himself um, came out of actually, he was librarian and he was also a classical guitarist. So he too had 12 years before just found out about San Horacho. So he has, you know, knows a lot about it and he knows, you know, everybody and he just, he's super passionate about it. So he was sort of our guide on this journey. I love that. And we found out a lot from him and I continue to actually. What are some things maybe you learned about yourself along the way while making the film? Um, well, you know what I learned? I learned that, you know, I really love life. And I really love people. And, you know, we, we're faced with so many hurdles and so many struggles in our lives and we have hurts and, you know, all these things kind of build up and, and we forget, you know, how beautiful and extraordinary our lives are, no matter what difficulties we're facing. And that's, one of the things I learned from these Sonoracho masters, because they live in an areas where the most violence occur, you know, you hear about the drug violence and the cartel right. violence. Yes. And Mexico has a lot of that. And then that region in particular, and their whole philosophy is that they're using their music and these fandangos, which is bring community together to reclaim their right to happiness and mm -hmm. joy and love. That's great. And, and their, they, in, their influence, their love, their openness, their joy for life, you know, under the greatest hardships at times, really awakened that within me as well. I love that. That must have been very emotional. It was. I was constantly crying oh. it, for joy, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and watching the film, you'll see it, it is. It's a very, it, it's, well, it's an opening. It's heart opening. Yeah. It opens your heart because it's about, love of life that is that is a, if, you, if we took the theme of the film all the way down to the bottom mm -hmm. and you know and it is that love of life that inspired jorge to have this festival on both sides of the border to try and create greater harmony between our countries yes which we need yes exactly terribly yeah um what else would you like people to know about the film without giving too much away well i'd like them to know that um you know, sometimes we watch a film because we 
we're familiar with it. You know, it's comfortable. It's telling a story that we know and, you know, in a new way. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I do believe that while Fandango at the Wall, you know, it is an adventure film in a sense, like a musical adventure. So there is something to hang on to. It's like a road trip film in a sense. So there's some things that you can hang on to, but it really is an opportunity for discovery and for learning something new and for learning about you know different kinds of people discovering what we have in common with them and what's different about them so it is it is it was a musical adventure and i i would you know hope that no matter you know if they start watching it it kind of feels like oh i don't know who these people are and they're mexicans that they just stay with it and i promise you you will learn who they are and you will fall in love with them i was going to say it really opens your mind and your heart to humanity Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I will say about it also is that it is a hopeful film. And I do, I do, you know, I am, you know, an optimist. And, and I think it does come from this joy of, you know, our lives. And so I think all, what I would also like to share is that um, they will, I think that they will feel good once they finish watching the film. It's, it is, it's, it's an uplifting experience. I love it. One question I didn't ask you is, when did you know you wanted to become a director? What was your path to where you are now? Um, well, I, I, was first, I was brought up in Israel until I was seven. And so I did not see television until I'm, we moved first to England. So my first, um, you know, I only saw TV for the first time when I was about eight. And so we, we would, my mother liked to go to films, um, but I, my very first film I saw was a drive-in. It was, it was actually, we were staying at a, at, a, at a hotel near the beach and I saw this big giant screen and I'd never seen that before. And it was, had a man and a woman kissing and I sort of was entranced by that. And later I came to find out that it was film. And I so always wanted to make films, but I, you know, I didn't know anyone who did it. And then years later, I um, studied acting and theater and theater directing, and I was going to NYU. And I went to see a film, I went to film theory class, basically. I took a film theory class. And by, at that point, I had studied painting, which I loved, and choreography. I was going to be a choreographer. I loved to dance, mm-hmm. and I sculpture, and you know, so I also, and I did theater, so I enjoyed all the different arts. And when I saw this film by Nicholas Rowe called Don't Look Now, and if you ever have to look it up, it's a good one to see again. It's okay. a really great movie. It has the best love scene that you've ever seen with Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. Anyways, I was watching that film. I suddenly noticed, oh, like, this is like painting and editing's kind of like dancing and there's music and acting and like the, all these art forms. And that's when I realized I had this epiphany. I was like, wow, I'm a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started. That's amazing. Where can people find out more about you and the film? Um, well, we have a website called Fandango. You can actually go to fandangoatthewall.com. It's actually called fandangowall.com. Okay. But if you put Fandango at the wall, it will take you there. And then I have a website, vardabarkar.com, if people want to you know, dig a little deeper into some of the other stuff I do. I do do other like short form. I just finished doing um, a PSA campaign for AIDS Walk New York and San Francisco. Oh, great. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I, you know... I. I was going to say is for people that are watching that are screenwriters, filmmakers, directors, what would you say to them right now? Because it's so hard with what's going on with COVID. Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, what I would say is this is a great opportunity to find out about other filmmakers and other artists. For example, I'm on the board of New Filmmakers LA. And once a month we have a film festival with panels. It's a great opportunity to discover what other filmmakers are doing, to learn from you know, people in the industry, because there's more access now than ever to all of this information. And also to really dig deep and really figure out what lights you up. Like, what do you really want to do? Like, I only do these big projects at the point where I feel like I have to, but it takes time. It takes time to sit with it and, and to kind of really realize like, why, what is your purpose? Because we can get so caught up in like, you know, wanting to do it. Like, I really need to be a filmmaker. I really want to make films, but like, it's more than just the making of it. What is the story that you're telling and how does it nurture you and how does it nurture the world? Yes. So this is a really, I think, valuable time to contemplate that, you know, to read stuff and just to kind of find, like, re relight your passion and get clear on your intention. Yes. I, I loved hearing about your background because I feel like nothing in education is a waste. You had all these different interests. And sometimes we end up applying those interests or that work ethic or whatever it is to what we do later in life. Absolutely. And like, I'll just give one more example, you know, in regards to what to do next. Um, I just saw like a little ad on Instagram actually for some kind of a, a gear that they've developed. That it looks like it's like on an arm and then you put your cell phone on it. And so it's, it's kind of at a distance and you can do all sorts of moves with it. And so, I mean, normally I, I, I you know, would see that and I'd kind of go, you know, I don't know who uses that, but now it's like, hmm, what can I do with a tool like that under these circumstances? Yes. I have, I've always been really intrigued by the people who do our gardening. Mm -hmm. When I say our, I mean the neighborhood. Yes. You know? Like what are their stories? Like yesterday I, I was speaking with one of the gardeners who gardens next door and he must, he's wearing a mask. He must've been in his early twenties and he said, hi. And I just stopped and we started chatting and here he is, he loves, he was talking about being with the plants and the trees and what it teaches him. And then he said, but what I really want to do, I'm going to school, I want to be an English teacher. Oh, that's great. And then one day he said, when I'm 50 or 60, I want to be a professor, like, you know, this guy he saw in a movie or something. And he said, that's such a dignified position. Well, it's just so out of the box. Like the moment yeah. you sit down and speak with people. Right. So people don't I take do it time. with this kind of rig and do my little mini. I was going to say, people don't take the time like you did to really get to know people. They just make an assumption and they don't look at people on a human level. And you might, yes, be, and I, you know, the thing when people were told, at least when I was little, don't talk to strangers. I grew up in New York. Don't talk to strangers. I think talking to strangers is great. I do too. I do too. I mean, you know, I can kind of take it to the extreme. For example, once we went on a kind of a road trip in Romania with my father, who was Romanian. And at one point we stopped in the village and my father was with my husband and our daughters and he was somewhere else. And I kind of wandered off because I saw these really cool looking kind of gypsies with a wagon and everything. <laughs> and then they invited me to get on the wagon. And I thought, oh, that, that would be cool. So I'm like getting on the wagon and suddenly I see my father in a panic, like running over, you know, before <laughs> I get swept away by the gypsies, you know. And you're like, why not? Exactly. I, why can't I go on a ride with the gypsies, you know? But anyway, that, that's the adventurous 
you know, side of me. And that's why I love to make films because it's quite, a, every time it's a huge adventure. Were you like that as a child? Yes, I've always been like that. I mean, when I lived in Israel, I used to just wander off on my own. I'd go everywhere. Even when I lived in New York in high school, I would sneak out, you know, go to the village and like listen to Stan Getz. Mm -hmm. I met Dizzy Gillespie. I'd like go on on my own and I just have adventures and meet people. It's something that, and I always have loved culture and mixing cultures. Yes. I think it's really important. I've always thought that since I was little. I think it's because we traveled so much and I've lived in different continents. And yes. That I just think there's something really beautiful about our differences. And then and, the, and coming together and getting and exploring, it makes life so much richer it to sure know different types of people and cultures. And yeah. So yeah, I've always been like that, always. Well, and that's definitely New York City. It's just the melting pot of everyone, you know? Yes, yes. What high school did you go to? I went, well, I lived here for a little bit when I was growing up. So I actually went to La Cañada High School mm -hmm. for six months. And I went to Beverly Hills High School for six months, which was a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why. Okay. Um, and then I moved to New York City and I went to Dalton, Dalton High School. I've heard of it. Yeah, I, had a, I got a scholarship, but it was, it was like, it's a very privileged, you know, extraordinary school. It was, it was amazing. That's great. It's yeah. right in Manhattan, right? Yes, it is. It's on yeah. 89th Street. Okay. I lived yeah. at East 86. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so we were, you know, I lived in that area as well, actually. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Well, stay well, and I really enjoyed talking to you, and I hope to see you face-to-face -face, as opposed to through Zoom, but this is the next best thing. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure.